It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. And welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. And we've got a great one today. We've got a celebrity trainer from L.A., Alec Penix is going to be on the show, and he's written a book along with uh, co-writer Myatt Murphy. It's called Seven Sundays, A Faith, Fitness, and Food Plan for Lasting Spiritual and Physical Change. And it's a really interesting book because it converges working out, diet, wellness, and spirituality together. And I don't know if anybody's done that exactly how Alec has, so uh, looking forward to our conversation. And, you know, wellness and working out, big in Southern California, of course, Big in a lot of areas, and it's always been big with me. For some reason, I've always been into athletics. I've always enjoyed working out. You know, some people, they just don't like to work out. I enjoy it. I like to sweat. I like to get out there and run. My entire life has been built around physical activities. I think it's so important to, you know, put your earth, your feet to the earth outside to breathe in that fresh air and to, to be active. So here I am in New York City. As I had mentioned in other shows, we're going to be moving out to San Diego in a couple of months. But here in the city, I have walked in the, the years I've been here, I've walked every inch of Manhattan, I think over the years. And it, it, it's been great because it's great fitness and it's great to discover all the different areas of New York City and Manhattan. And it's uh, it's just wonderful to be outdoors, no matter, you know, you don't want to do it in the freezing cold rain, of course, but in any other weather, it's it's actually fabulous. And I've always enjoyed it. I started out working out as a kid. I played baseball from the moment I could put a glove on. I played soccer. I played football. In high school, I wrestled, I played soccer, I played baseball, and I started doing push-ups. I was inspired by Frank Robinson. Remember the baseball player he recently passed? He was on the uh, Baltimore Orioles, the Cincinnati Reds, and then he was the first uh, African-American manager uh, of the Cleveland Indians in the American League, and uh, he used to do push-ups all the time. He didn't lift weights. And I've always been a big believer that using your body weight is probably the best way to exercise. I, I do, uh, you know, I do believe in weights and uh, resistance training, but I think using your body weight, you can do it anywhere, and it's less stress on the joints, etc. So I started doing push-ups when I was probably about, I don't know, nine or ten years old, and I continued to do them almost daily until uh, about two months ago, I took a little bit of a break. But I've been doing between 50 and 75 at a clip every day, just about every day, um, for decades and decades now. And it's always kept me physically fit. And I really enjoy them. It's like fun. And it's a good test every day to see how my body's feeling. And uh, I do believe, as Alex going to talk about, is that there is a mind, body, and spiritual connection when we work out. I think it's really important to take care of your physical body and really be into wellness. A lot of people aren't into it. They just, uh, you know, they have sometimes some folks have problems with, you know, their knees or their hips or whatever. And I'm a boomer and uh, I'm the only guy I know out of all my friends who who still really works out a lot and who runs and uh, and I don't ride the golf cart. I like I like to walk, but it's a, it's amazing what happens as as we age. And what what I've learned is over time, along with using your body weight, doing things like push ups and running. I got into running. Um, I was a soccer player, so I ran around a lot. But I didn't get into like running, running until I moved to New York back in the eighties. And I was dating this girl, and she was a fantastic runner. And we used to run around Central Park. And uh, finally, uh, my following her, I learned to run the 6.2-mile uh, 
outer loop of Central Park, and it is one heck of a workout. And I still do it now, and it's never gotten any easier because it's like it takes about an hour. It's all hills, and it's really fantastic for you, and it's exhilarating. And sometimes I feel like I'm just leaving my body um, because of the endorphins uh, as I get about three-quarters of the way done with the running. And I've kept up the running ever since, and I've run three marathons, two in New York, one down the Jersey Shore. And... Um, it's interesting too, because when you run marathons, every every marathon is different, and 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 your body behaves differently. My last marathon, I was in the best shape I've ever been in my life. I was about forty nine when I ran it, and I had the worst race ever. I was thinking maybe it was because the night before somebody made me dinner, a woman friend, she made me pasta, and I gave her a reiki, reiki session, which is a uh, hands on healing, uh, sending energy through from from the crown, taking energy in the crown. To- chakra and out your hands. Anyhow, I think I depleted my energy by doing that because I was bonked out of the race by about 13 miles and I was in the middle of Brooklyn and I had to run 13 more miles and my body started breaking down. I felt every little tweak, whether it was my back, my meniscus in my left knee, uh, cramps, everything. And I just muscled my way through it. But my body said, and then my blood sugar started to bonk. And it's the first time that ever happened. Afterwards, I had to start eating like jam out of the right out of a jar uh, to get my sugar up, back up. But my body told me, and it's important that we listen to our bodies. My body said, "Hey, that's it. No more marathons. You want to run a half marathon? You can do that, but no, no more full marathons." So I I learned about that, and I I, I guess you could say I kind of learned the hard way. But um, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I ran three marathons. That's enough for me. Some people run them into their 90s. That's not going to be me. My body said, you did enough. So now I do my push-ups. I do the elliptical a lot. I still run Central Park. And I do uh, pull-ups also, traditional chin-ups with the hands facing out. And uh, it's it's a great workout. And I also do what's called, um, I discovered, I was jumping rope for a couple of years. And then I started to feel it on my skeleton. And my body was saying, don't do that anymore. So I stopped and I felt a lot better. And I started doing this workout. Um, Dan Millman, the guy who wrote The Peaceful Warrior, he wrote this book called Everyday Enlightenment. And he has a section in there uh, with the four-minute Peaceful Warrior workout. And it's got 15 different exercises that you can do pretty quickly. A lot of it's for stretching the spine, um, just getting yourself into a, opening up your energy centers. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. So I've been doing that every day for the past year, as well as I do my elliptical and uh, I do a couple of other things. But but that's it. And I make sure I get my rest too, because you want to build your body up, you need rest. So it's a combination. I feel it's like a spiritual thing, whether I'm running in the park, whether I'm walking around New York, whether I'm running down the Jersey Shore on the boardwalks there. It's really beautiful. Uh, whatever I'm doing, when it's physical, I feel there's a spirituality to it. And it helps me mentally, keeps me fresh, and it helps me physically because I like to take care of my body. I like to look good and feel good. It helps me with my diet because my body then craves clean food. And I believe it connects me with source, with the universe and God, if you will. So I am a big believer in working out. And I know Alec, who's going to be on in a couple moments, He's, he's going to teach us through his book, Seven Sundays, about faith, fitness, and food plan for lasting spiritual and physical change. And it's a real good one. And I highly recommend you hang out and listen to our talk because it's going to be a good one. And here we are on Guys Guys Radio, and we're going to be back in a couple of moments. Thanks so much.
Robert Manny's The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a fast-paced tale of flawed men and savvy women competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's the men's successor to Sex in the City. The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. Available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. You know I'm a fitness guy and a wellness guy. You know I like to stay in shape. And I've been doing things for probably 30, 40 years. And I just constantly stay at it. I've adapted my routine over the years. But I'm always interested in getting a fresh outlook, fresh thinking about how to work out. And I love the fact that somebody's finally written a book that's connected working out and wellness with spirituality because I think they are connected and Alec Penix has done that. So let me tell you a little bit about Alex. He's a uh, celebrity trainer in LA. Soon after he was saved, and we're going to talk about that, God put the intention in his heart to combine faith and fitness so he could start, share his calling. He's worked with a lot of top athletes and celebrities, including, uh, uh, you must remember, Gabby Douglas, the Olympic gold medalist, Natasha Bendingfield, actor-singer Aaron Tevitt, and uh, Derek and Julianne Howe. And he's also, I think he's worked with, there's a blurb on the book uh, from Sean Mendes, I believe, and also Kathy Lee Gifford. And he's worked on international concert tours, musical productions on the set, and music, TV, film, to help his prayer, his clients to look, feel, and perform at their best. He lives in L.A. Uh, welcome to the show, Alec. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited. Me too. Um, listen, I really enjoyed the book. And as I said, I, I love the fact that uh, it's fresh because you combined working out, wellness and spirituality. And you had your own kind of uh, aha moment where you heard God speak to you in your head saying, basically, it's time to be the man I've called you to be. I think it was after a night of tequila or whatever. Tell us about <laughs> what happened. Because you're in a, you know, you're in L.A. and there's a lot of uh, I'm in New York, so I know there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff that goes on, and there's a lot of naughty things that go on in our towns. Yeah, you got that right. I, uh, I usually tell people because the night before uh, I got saved, we were out having a good time, and I always I always tell people to read in between the lines, and I think that you already have on that one. So uh, yeah, the, so I was in Mexico uh, celebrating um, and also in a wedding uh, with one of my clients. Um, Carlos and Alexa Penavega. Uh, he's from Big Time Rush, and she's she's a, a actress in LA uh, for her whole life. But um, I was the night before we were enjoying our time being there, and um, you know it wasn't just about that that night. But it's a it's a longer, detailed journey much before that. But uh, the next morning, or I should say evening, uh, I woke up and. Uh, I was lying there and feeling terrible, as you can imagine. Um, mm -hmm. Also, on top of that, I was probably in the darkest time of my life, and I I tell people that at this point I was I was spiritually malnourished, um, and this was the first time I really ever prayed out loud. I, I had no uh, relationship with God. I never went to church when I was younger, um, and so I never even opened up the Bible. Uh, previous to that. So uh, when I prayed out loud, like you already said, I, you know, I, I asked for help and God responded. And I tell people this and they think that you must have been really hung over, Alec. And I go, maybe, <laughs> maybe, I go, maybe so, but I still heard it. And then all good things came from it. But it was God said or um, that it was time to become the man I've called you to be. And from there, 
uh, I just was uh, been on fire uh, for this uh, spiritual journey of um, almost attacking it as if I, I attacked the gym or you know mm-hmm. look at it as is training my body. I I look at the the spiritual growth, uh, training my mind and, and and expanding my knowledge and expanding my my thought process and uh, never never. Uh, you know, leveling out, always trying to better myself. And it has really, uh, I think defined, uh, me now. And I think that's who I've always been called to be. But I think before that I was maybe too afraid to step in and that's really got it. Give me the courage to start stepping out of my comfort zone. Okay. Let's get two things out of the way real, real quick, because I, I want to ask the questions that I think if I was listening to the show, I'd, I'd want to know the answers to. And one is, um, how did the, your clientele, because you have a popular celebrity clientele and you know they're exposed to a lot of different things. Once you kind of uh, turned the corner and went towards the spiritual side um, and they heard you probably communicating a little bit differently, I would assume, how did they take to that? Did you have anybody give you any pushback on that? Um, I, I think that, uh, initially w- when I first got saved, I was maybe a, a, a little bit, um, rambunctious, uh, <laughs> a little bit and, and, uh, overzealous. Uh, and then I, I kind of grew into my faith, but, um, not really for the most part, I always had a, a good understanding, um, when it came to just how to communicate with somebody next to me it was, you know, it's part of my job. So I never really wanted to force my faith onto somebody. Mm-hmm. I really just wanted to connect with them. And so everything um, about when it came to my clientele and working with them, it was more of an organic relationship. And it was not about trying to convert them to be a believer. It. it was mm-hmm. more about, you know, being connected with them and, and being a support system in their life. Great. And then um, you talk about Christ a lot in the book. And um, I, I take a spiritual enfoldment class myself, and I grew up a uh, Catholic. And um, I think a lot of people get confused about the whole uh, concept uh, of Christ and Christ the man. And um, there's uh, talk to us a little bit about um, is there do you see the difference between you know the Christ consciousness and 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 strictly believing in Jesus himself because some people you know there's a lot of different religions that we have in our country and particularly in international cities like LA and New York where you know not everybody's going to say well Jesus Christ is my savior you know that's okay for you but it might not work for me but actually there's something else called the Christ consciousness with which anybody regardless of a, a religion can tap into because it's not specifically the man it's more about consciousness yeah uh, it's about it's it's about the thought process right that that jesus um talked about and i i i'm i'm more um because i've grown involved um have it's more about that christ consciousness it's mm-hmm. it's about um in elevating your own thought process and knowing that you actually the way god created us and created everything is that we have much more control over our life, you know, free will and the it's way true. we think and the, and the mm-hmm. way we um, pursue our, our lives and the way we treat other people. It, I think that some people um, often overlook that. Uh, and, and as I and I would have never known that if it wasn't for my curiosity and to want to know more. But at the beginning, I, it was all about Jesus. Like, I believe in Jesus. And and I as I grew, grew into my own spirituality, it's it's for me, it's hard to not love everyone and say that, right. well, you can't be included in this group because um, you're, you're not a believer in this. Mm-hmm. And I think God is is some something God or Christ consciousness is something that embodies the inclus, uh, inclusivity of all people. 
uh, in, in the love of all people. Mm -hmm. No, very well, well stated. Thank you. Um, because it's important because, you know, Jesus himself, uh, he wasn't really a, a religious guy. He wasn't like pro specific religions. And people quickly forget that he was actually when he was alive, he was Jewish. So everybody gets really confused nowadays. And they're like, well, I'm Christian and you're not and I believe in Jesus and you're not so I'm saved and you're not and it's not really about all of that. And we very quickly start choosing sides here in the, in the way we live today. So I'm so glad that you look at this yeah. as something that's inclusive. And it's about really the consciousness is love. So, yes. uh, so yes. fantastic. So yes. you, you broke up the, the book is called seven Sundays, a faith fitness and food plan for lasting spiritual and physical change. And it takes us through seven weeks, really, uh, or is it six, six weeks with seven six, Sundays and yeah, six weeks. Okay. And, uh, each week there's a theme and, uh, I love the, I love how you put it together because there's some self-assessment. It's like any good workout plan. You kind of have to know who you are and what you're capable of. And then each step of the way, you kind of, you add a little bit more and a little bit more, and then you take some things away. Some of the foods that aren't good for you. Talk to us a little bit about, and take your time about what the program's all about and how you sculpted it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> At the time, I look back, Steve Jobs said a quote that says, uh, you can't connect, connect the dots until you look back. Uh, and, um, and I realized, I didn't, I get, maybe on a uh, practical level and a conscious level, I didn't really quite realize what I was trying, what ha even happened to me. And, and I think that through this whole process of Seven Sundays, it's really about the reconditioning of the body and the mind uh, and empowering yourself. But I believe that we all have unlimited potential, and I think that we, the way we approach a journey is so important for our success. And, and as you mentioned, it's a step-by-step -step process. Uh, each week has a different theme. Even each within each uh, day has a different theme. And I think that when we focus on when we, what we have to do today, it really in, in empowers us because then we take one step at a time, and I think we look too much into uh, too far ahead uh, at the destination where we want to go and we get a little bit overwhelmed uh, and we forget what, what we have to do today. And when you look at it at a day-to-day -day basis, it's broken down uh, within um, uh, the acronym I picked called uh, CHOSEN. And that really, you can really separate that into two elements. You have a spiritual side and you have a physical side. Uh, the spiritual side, it, it's um, CHO, which stands for conceding, which is a way of mm -hmm. um, just acknowledging your, your, your Christ consciousness, your spirituality, activating your faith. Uh, and then you have the honoring element, which I bring in different scriptures each day according to the theme of the day. And this is really about, like I said, reconditioning the, the mind, getting um, our, our, um, our mind in the same level that maybe the uh, Christ would have. Uh, and, and sort of elevating your way of thinking, retraining your mind just as if you were training your body. And then the really cool part uh, that I like is the offering. Most exercises and diet books out there are, are, are more for your own personal edification, which is fine. But then uh, I think with this, having it in a way where you can also empower those around you, I, I think it's a really cool twist to it. And I think that it really embodies sort of, it's not just about empowering ourselves, but about really helping those around us and, and connecting to those on a deeper level in our lives. Okay. So that's really the spiritual side. Uh, and so on the physical side, uh, this is really the three pillars that okay. I approach on, on the physical element, which is I mean, people always ask me, so is it like 90% nutrition and 10% uh, exercise? And I, and I was like, well, if that were the case, then man, I shouldn't eat 
eating those chocolate cookies last night, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I really break it down in a third of sleep exercise and nutrition. Um, And with that, uh, it's again, it's a step-by-step process that where I I believe that anyone can really approach that even is on a beginner level that can really attack these three elements uh, and build off of them and to empower themselves um, and to take that next step and, and create a lifestyle. So it's not something exercise and having a healthy lifestyle is not something you have to do, but it really shifts to something that you want to do because it sees you see the impact it has on your own life. Great. And, and it can be customized. So you have the three pillars, sleep, exercise, and nutrition. What, um, as you're, from your experience as a trainer, um, what are the, the mistakes? What are the mistakes that people make in those three pillars? <clears throat> uh, not getting enough rest, uh, you know, overdoing too much exercise, maybe nutrition, mm-hmm. um, you know, too much sugar, whatever. What do you What do you find that are the common pitfalls that uh, people fall into when they're trying to get themselves in top shape and stay there? I, I think it, it's a really about. Um, finding a balance uh, within these three and trying to figure out what works uh, best for you. I think uh, too uh, too often we get too far ahead of ourselves. See, the body absolutely loves rhythm. And most of, um, of us have trained our bodies uh, because of the inconsistencies and the fad diets and the ups and downs of, I'll go hard in the gym for a month and then I'm then I, you know, I get, I burn myself out and then I don't find myself in the gym for another month. And so it's this inconsistencies where you're training your body uh, to, and putting it in, in survival mode. And, and when you create a lifestyle that's um, um, attainable and um, where you create a sense of momentum, mm-hmm. uh, and that is like, um, you know, exercising on a regular basis, getting yourself on a sleep schedule where you're trying to go to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time. Yep. Uh, n- nutrition, developing, um, a, a, you know, a food schedule where you're trying to eat, um, you know, you create the sense of rhythm with that as well and a structure within that. And it's not, so it's actually, when you when you break it down, it, it's quite um, simple and it's not super complex to understand. Anyone can understand it. But it's really about understanding how your body works and and that once we get ourselves, our bodies um, out of that survival mode and saying and once we start training our body to start working for us, that's when the magic begins to happen mm-hmm. and you start feeling a sense of that you can do it and that this is your lifestyle and that so everyone's a little bit different and everyone is going to have to find what that that balance is and, and what that looks like for them and then they can move forward from there. Okay. One one thing you mentioned. Let's go. Let's talk a little bit about each one of those three pillars. We'll start with nutrition because uh, it it is very important. If it's it, it's probably I'm going to take a guess. Fifty percent. Uh, you know, abs are made in the kitchen, as they say, not in the gym. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think it's true. And I put myself on a program last year where I gave up a different food for 52 weeks. I'm actually writing a book about it. It's called The Process of Elimination Diet. And nice. I learned I learned about Alec my cravings. Uh, mm-hmm. and I just followed, I gave up whatever I craved and I, I found out like, wow, sugar. And then once I gave up all the sugars, it was that kind of out of my system. Um, you, you have some foods on here. They're called faithless foods. Talk to us a little bit about, um, where people mess up in terms of their food selections and also things like portion sizes and where they can do a better job, uh, and keep, keeping, keeping it simple. Like you say. Uh, yeah, well, I before I even 
before I even start talking to most of my clients, I, I actually get them um, in, in, on a structure diet. Uh, I take it step by step because I've, like I, I've, I've repeating myself here, but I think that you throw too much at somebody at once. It mm-hmm. just, they, they just, yeah. they lose. Yeah. See, you don't understand. Like you're, I can tell by talking to you, uh, you, you say that you've eliminated all the, all your cravings and um, it, not people don't really know the power of their mind. It sounds like you do. And I think a lot of people don't believe that they, they can control their cravings. They can get rid of sugar or they can get rid of those things. And so what I have them do is I develop a food structure first uh, with, uh, that I love and I have it in my book. It's called intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And you're really getting them on, on, a, on a structure, that rhythm that I, that I talked about where they're fasting for 16 hours. Um, I, I, I base it off a of food curfew. So if, if you stop eating at 7 p.m., you'll, you'll eventually start your next meal or your first yep. meal the next day at 11 a.m. And then you have an eight-hour period that you can consume I say first start out with three meals within that eight hour period and then build the rhythm. I've, I've seen without even telling people what to change in their food, just by implementing this, I, I've had clients lose anywhere from 10 to 20 pounds mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and it's really impactful. And then once I go from there, I, I then we, once they feel empowered and motivated, then we can really start breaking down. Um, how we're going to approach the types of foods they eat. So what are we going to start bringing in and, and what the types of foods that we're going to start taking out? Okay. Um, as part of that, a lot of people, and you mentioned it in the book, um, about always having that water on hand. Uh, most Americans, uh, I've read that 80% of Americans are dehydrated. And, mm-hmm. and when you work out, you, re- you, you need even more water. And mm-hmm. people don't realize it. And you see some people walking around with the water jugs, but not that many. And we really do need a lot of water. What is your philosophy about uh, hydration, Alec? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, what, what, how, what's the percentage of the bodies made up of water? It's what, um, I, I think it's, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like eight, it's, it's like 80, it's, yeah, it's like around 80% or something like that, but it's yeah, very, very high, surprisingly that, high. Exactly. And it tells you right there, the importance of water. Um, the, when I first wake up in the morning, I, I drink a, a warm, um, glass of water, I chug it. And what this does is it just, it really just activates my, my body and what I've noticed when I'm dehydrated, I'm actually not, um, I don't have the, I'm kind of my mind and my, the way foggy, I think it's right? foggy. Right. Mm-hmm. And some people also, when they, when that happens, they're, they're not, um, they're not aware that it's actually dehydration that's causing that, that fogginess. Uh, and so that's always my indicator, but by me incorporating that glass of water in the morning, it actually, uh, activates uh, me and then it also gets me in a good rhythm for the rest of the day. Just continue on this process of, of drinking water. Some people turn to coffee or whatever for the first right. thing in the morning, and it puts you in a constant state of dehydration for the rest of the day. Yeah, uh, and so I'm a firm believer in hydration, 100%. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with you. I actually do the same thing. I have an organic lemon, and I cut it in mm. four. And I squeeze it through a strainer and I drink that water every morning. It makes a big difference. It almost feels like psychologically that you're waking up all your organs. You're like irrigating them and getting off to a good start. And you don't have that that morning fog. And then staying away from the coffee, you know, coffee to, to me, and I'd love to get your philosophy on this, is it's, it's like a trap because you take the ca- caffeine because you're tired and then you need more caffeine. And then when you right. go to sleep at night, then you have trouble sleeping because you have too much caffeine and you wake up in the morning tired and it's the same thing. <laughs> and uh, so I got off of uh, caffeine a couple of years ago. I've never felt better. 
I, I don't miss it at, at all. Once in a blue moon, I'll end up with a coffee with that has caffeine for some reason right. or whatever. But I don't, I don't drink a lot of coffee anyhow. But uh, avoiding caffeine, I think, is uh, is pretty important. What's your thoughts on that, Alec? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, you're you're exactly right when it comes to uh, the people turning like when when uh, you start drinking caffeine or coffee, uh, you you want it to turn more to it into it because you want that that pick me up. But what we don't realize is that we're actually going further and further away from the type of uh, emotional and physical state that we want at that point in time. Uh, and actually, if you, like you said, if you were just to be um, in this constant hydration mode, the, your your ability to think and react and, and to um, to articulate doing all those things that we all need to do and just to function on a high level uh, just through drinking water can do miracles. And so mm-hmm. with me, I do like I do like drinking my, you know, my macchiato or, or my, sure. my, my espresso macchiato mm-hmm. but every now and then it is, is sort of my my treat but mm-hmm. it, it's not something that 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 i whenever i feel like i have to have it that's when i know that i have to like you said earlier start to refrain from that because i don't want i always want to have dominion over the foods i eat over caffeine mm-hmm. and all those things i don't want those to have power over me mm-hmm. and that's that's part of the spirituality of the program and i love that um, one last thing on nutrition, and then we can move on. We'll get into the different chapters. But portion size, you mentioned that in the book. And I think, you know, in America, portion size, everybody wants these huge portions. And it's really, you know, you look at these yogis who are like 90 years old and they're, they have that, they, they eat rarely. Like some of them eat <laughs> yeah. like once a week or, right. or, or at most. And yes. we really don't need as much food as we intake. Mm-hmm. And we really go at it. So uh, mm-hmm. talk to us about that and the dangers of, you know, eating too much. Well, I, I, the one thing about eating too much is like you want to talk about feeling droggy and feeling gross. I mean, you, you fill your belly up with a bunch of food. There's nothing. I mean, the first thing I want to do is go take a nap, you know, and, yep. and, mm-hmm. and I think that the, the great thing about seven Sundays is that once you start going deep and start connecting to your body and start asking those deep questions and mm-hmm. having that sense of spirituality connected to your journey, you really start to get in tune with how, mm-hmm. how the way your body feels. And so whenever, for me, and because I've been going through this process, I know right away when I eat too much because I'm like, I'm not functioning the way I need to function. So like just recently, I, I, um, I have oatmeal and protein and such in the morning. Okay. And I realized that I was eating too much of it. And so instead of uh, continuing that process, I actually broke it in half. And, um, and so ate it a couple hours later, what happens when I eat too much food is that it almost feels like I'm flushed. Like all the blood flushes from my brain and from my limbs and goes straight to my stomach. And and whenever that happens, I get tired. And when I'm training somebody, I can't get tired. I have to be on my, on my game. And so I know instantly what I have to do. And so I stopped, I cut my portion sizes in the morning and, and broke it in half. And now I have an extra, an extra meal, but I feel a thousand percent better. Portion sizes are a huge thing. Um, in this country, especially where we are, we are going over the top and we're, we're sort of over, we have this, this sense of overconsumption, but we continue to expand our stomachs and, and, uh, the food takes control over us. And a lot of us aren't even conscious or aware that what we're doing is actually harming us. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, it's Guys Guys Radio. Our special guest is Alec Penix. The book is called Seven Sundays, A Faith, Fitness, and Food Plan for Lasting Spiritual and Physical Change. I'm Robert Manny, your host. Let's talk a little bit about exercise, Alec, because you know people at different ages, um, they can do different exercises. I'm a boomer now, and I've learned that I had to adapt my uh, workout regime over the years. I do more stretching. I do the Dan Millman, um, the guy who wrote Peaceful Warrior. He has a four-minute workout, and I dialed it up to like 10 for myself, but I do that every day. It stretches my spine. It does a lot of things that I, normally I wouldn't be interested in, and I used to jump rope a lot, and then my skeletal structure was like, you know what? You don't want to do this anymore. I ran marathons, and the last marathon I ran, my body said, enough of this. And mm. a lot of people just stop. They don't do anything. But it's important that you can you can keep working out into your 90s if you mm. tailor your workouts. When you work with your clients, do you find that um, they struggle sometimes with what they can or can't do and use what they can't do as an excuse to give up? Yeah, I, I think that there are, are some people that are on the other side who who. Uh, want to go and go buck wild and I'm right. like, i have to i have to cool them down I'm like hey we'll get there just relax <laughs> and then then you have the other people who are are fearful of feeling sore uh in pain in, mm-hmm. in a sense where they're not used to taking their body to a certain place they feel like they're actually harming their body um when when they feel that sense of soreness and it's really mm-hmm. their conditioning uh that has to right. be fixed and that's as a trainer, that is, um, it's my job to say that, no, it's okay to feel those things. So it's really, you're right. It has to be this sense of you have to cater to the client that you're working with. Um, and it, and it's totally true. And I want to talk briefly about my own experience. Please. Uh, and from last March, I wanted to, to, to test the waters and see, and see what it's all about in terms of, I wanted to try to work out every day. For the for a year, and I'm almost done that, and I have worked out for, for every single day. Wow. I'm not saying that to impress you, but to impress mm-hmm. upon you that that when there's a shift, like you said, and when there's a shift in the way you you perceive exercise, it all changes. Now, exercise is a tool to shape my mind and emotions. If I don't exercise the first thing in the morning, then mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the person that I need to be in order to to change to help change the world and change the people I in agree. a positive way around yep. me. Um, and, and that means sometimes I can only work out for 15 to 20 minutes, but as long as I'm getting a little sweat going and, and like, I, I feel like I, my endorphins are kicking in, then that's, that's a workout for me. It's not like this long, arduous hour and a half workout when you're there and fatiguing one muscle group over and over and over again. It, no, it's, it, it's a shift. It's exercise is, is, is about, it's a different idea, uh, for me. And once I, that happened now it's, it's like. I have to exercise because if I don't, I, I know what I would feel like otherwise. Uh, and so I think it's, it's our job for people who, who love fitness and wellness is, is to, to open them up to this idea that exercise can be a tool for something much greater. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you have, uh, you have shifted your own workout uh, routine. There's something that best suits you now where you are. And now look at you said you you do something every single day. Yes. Can you imagine what it be what your life would be like without that? 
I hate the days that I, I for some reason, like I, uh, I picked up some bug like about a week ago and I was flat out and I was like, I, I can't do it. I had done the this four minute workout along with what the other stuff I do, but I always make sure if I'm traveling or whatever and I can only get something quick in, I do this short workout and it's great. And I feel like if I don't do it, there's, there's something there's something wrong. But that's me. I'm being tough on myself. But it's a good thing because I feel so great when I do it. And when right. you do something like you're doing, Alec, you do it every day for a year. And I was almost up to a year and I just got flat out sick and I couldn't do it. Yes. But it, 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 it makes it makes a difference. And the discipline is there's a spirituality to the, mm-hmm. to the discipline of working out and mind being mindful of your diet and what you're taking into your body and your thoughts and how you're treating other people. So I love I love the program you put together. Um, let's talk about the third pillar, and then we'll get into some of the chapters. But sleep, a lot of people in uh, the United States, and particularly, they have trouble sleeping, and they don't get enough sleep. Um, talk to us about that. Yeah, well, sleep is where and where all, it all happens, and and, and I think that. Um, Sleep is so uh, important, yes, to the physical body, but also to the mind, the spiritual element and the emotional element as well. And when we don't um, create those healthy sleeping habits, we are not uh, in control of the way we think and the way we react in life. And so when we are we start creating those healthy habits, getting yourself on a on a sleeping schedule, um, and it doesn't have to be like, all right, tonight I'm going to start sleeping an right. hour earlier. I mean, you got you have to like it's, it's in increments, you know, you have to go at it a little by little until you get to a point where you feel like you're in a good place. Um, and, but once you start creating that sense of, uh, um, structure, you begin to, uh, take uh, power over your life. Um, and you start making more powerful decisions, uh, n- the next day, but on, on a very physical uh, element, the, the sleep is such an important part in terms of uh, rebuilding uh, your cells and rebuilding your muscles and all those things that are, are important in terms of being the, the best person that you can possibly be. So sleep is often overlooked. You know, you can go into the and work out and work out extremely hard. And if you don't get proper sleep, you are really actually hindering yourself more than That's you're right. helping yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's such a huge element in terms of your progress uh, mentally and physically, uh, that if it, if it is overlooked, then you are slowing down your 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 ability to improve uh, dramatically. Uh, and so it doesn't mean that you won't see some improvement over time. But I promise you, if you develop a food structure or uh, sorry, uh, a sleeping structure, uh, that you will th- those uh, your ability to see improvement uh, will increase uh, tenfold. Okay, let's uh, get back to the uh, specifics in the book a little bit, because I I think you walk the reader through a very interesting path. You start out with each of the Sundays. Um, You know, the first one is about kind of, I guess you'd call it uh, self-assessment, and then you get into uh, elevation and then purification, adaptation, glorification, dedication, completion. Talk to us a little bit about how that's all strung together and what is the thinking behind the, the process that you've laid out. Without giving the whole book away, obviously. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> uh, I want to promote the book. I don't, yes. Yes. It, it, all, it all really, like you said, it, it all, and, and I've talked about this, um, uh, I talk about this a lot, and, and it's about taking, uh, breaking it down to, to segments, taking one day at a time, then taking one week at a time. And, 
each week that that um, that I, with a theme, there is um, an idea in there that you have just uh, completed the previous week, and now you're ready to insert sort of increase in intensity. That's on a on a spiritual level, and that's also on a, a physical level. So as you begin this journey um, each and every week, that the idea here is, and the philosophy here is that we get we test you a little bit more and more throughout those throughout those times and um and it, and it, those themes are there to re, to remind you of of the process of the journey of what we're trying the vision and what we're trying to accomplish this week and to help you uh keep focused and and to to stay and stay focused on the grind um and so Yes, it's it's a very uh, uh, it's about this incremental incremental uh, progress within each week, and towards the end, you know, we we bring in the the Daniel fast, and and that's we would never do that in the first week, right? <laughs> the mm -hmm. first week right. is really about bringing awareness to your eating exactly. schedule, uh, into your eating habits, and once you get that awareness, then you're able to make uh, certain changes. You, you know, you're like you couldn't believe that you're eating 3000 calories. You're thought, you thought you're eating 1500, you know? Right. And so once you have that, uh, once you see those things, then you're able to start making those powerful decisions. And then towards the end, um, with the intermittent fasting is in the week prior, then you have the Daniel fast after it's like, you're ready to do this. You have accomplished, um, everything that we've asked you to accomplish. You have empowered yourself now you, you have this sense of belief that you are able to to start digging a little deeper into some, maybe some of those uh, those those wounds that we have that we all connected emotionally when it comes to food and to really start um, honing that in and taking control over the way you eat. And that's really the idea. Got it. Um, let's talk about the spirituality a little bit. Where do you want the uh, reader to be uh, when they get to the eighth Sunday? Uh, I think, you know, my take on it is by this, the discipline that you uh, put into the exercise, the sleep, uh, the nutrition um, becomes a spiritual act. And it does bring you closer to God. And then you have to, on top of that, you have to, you know, recognize and you have to be thankful and you have to uh, work in your own um, uh, affirmations, prayer, whatever, every day. Um, based it, I base it on appreciation. The first thing I do when I uh, get, wake up in the morning is I get myself into spiritual alignment as best I can. And I start with appreciation. And before I go to sleep at night, I do the same thing, try to review the day and just be really thankful for all of the you know, the blessings that, yes. uh, that we, that we so easily overlook every day and we yeah. have it a lot better than we think we do. I know right. a lot of people have it tough, but, um, if you're lucky enough to be health healthy and you have a roof over your head, you got to, you, you're, you're up, you're up in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. so what are your thoughts about where you want people to be with the spirituality and how they can weave that into the practice through the discipline? Well, you said it. It's it's discipline that uh, the same the same way that we have to apply discipline uh, when it comes to uh, exercise and nutrition and sleep. That you apply that same uh, method when it comes to spirituality. Like whenever you want to connect to your source, it takes uh, it takes a lot of discipline. And I know people hate that word, but it, it's true. And so. I want there to be an understanding once you get towards the end is that, you know, that you have to actively uh, pursue and make it a habit to connect with your source each and every day. And once you connect to your source, you're able to live 
um, in, in a different state. Uh, I, don't, I don't, however you want to put that is if it's in a state of love or a higher energy field or frequency, uh, whatever, energy. right? Yeah. It's like, but it, it's true. And once you start living in that, um, in, in that field, um, you will begin becoming a magnet in attraction for abundance and prosperity and love mm-hmm. and all these great things. And you have now conditioned your mind, uh, to, to look at life through a different lens and you don't necessarily pay attention to the bad as much anymore. You start focusing on what you said that you start beginning to appreciate, you know, when you appreciate, you increase your value in every sense of, uh, of the word. Uh, and, and so it's really all opening people up and, and realizing that it, it takes, uh, an effort to mm-hmm. connect and it also, through that connection, we're able to live life, um, in a much uh, greater uh, level than ever before. Okay. Um, when you go to, you know, when you make the move towards a more spiritually uh, directed lifestyle, um, a lot of times we are challenged along the way um, because the light does attract uh, certain things and uh, we, we get challenged. Have you found, and I know for myself, I use now, I w- I've been taught through my classes, I use the God's divine white light of uh, protection. God's divine white light of protection in every situation. And it really, it really works. Have you felt yourself challenged at all spiritually as you've gone on this path to be a better person and raise your vibration, if you will? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's become, it's become my obsession uh, <laughs> to, to uh, discipline myself in this area um, even more so than when it comes to the gym now. I'd be, and I think this is the next phase uh, in my life. But, you know, I I go, you know, it, it's I think the with this book, even I, if you read it, you can kind of tell where I was spiritually mm-hmm. um, in that really God was sort of, uh, I think, comforting me and, and sort of helping me with my previous with my with my past and allowing me to perceive my past in a different way rather than being a victim. Now, how how did my past help me uh, and teach me to become the person I am today. Uh, and so these shifts, uh, now it's really about how I can meet God halfway and empower my myself because God has given me free will. And once I started seeing that there's this, uh, uh, this relationship, this, the, this co-op where you mm-hmm. connected with God in a way you got, it, it began, it really began to change my life. And I began to see a lot more, um, a, a connection, a lot more doors opening in my life, uh, a lot more peace, uh, because no matter uh, even where I was, like I necessarily wasn't quite there in terms of the confidence I had in myself. And I really didn't quite believe in myself. And so that, that only God wasn't going to do that for me. I mm-hmm. had to, I had to raise up my, my, my energy. I had to build myself up every single day to, to yep. start living on it in a new, in a new level. Uh, okay. and so, yeah, it's been, it's been unbelievable. All right. Um, you know, they say, Alec, there, there are no mistakes. So a lot of, a lot of what we need to do, I think maybe we can just end on a little bit of a spiritual discussion here is we have to forgive ourselves. And then when, when we learn how to forgive ourselves, it's easier to forgive others. And one of the things that's so nice that you say in the book is about letting it go and kind of giving it up, let yourself be directed. And that doesn't mean, you, you know, you still have the free will, but it's not trying to be the control freaks that most of us are. 
mm-hmm. particularly in cities like New York and L.A., where mm-hmm. we really uh, we got we get we squeeze things so hard that sometimes they slip through our hands. And I know for myself recently, I, I you know I I work to do things to kind of you know manifest and visualize and all of that. And I I I was kind of spoken to in my head like you were to say, do you want it to be? Does it have to be exactly your way? Or are you willing to just let it go and let it happen the way it can happen? And let us do it. And I said, yes. okay, you, you do it. I'll do it however, however it is. It doesn't have to be exactly how I imagine things. And it was such a relief for me. Um, tell, tell us about letting go and your experience with letting go and why that's an important thing. Yeah, I mean, when we let go, we, we ultimately are uh, connecting ourselves to the source. We're getting the sense of peace and calm. And we realize that um, I think there has to be when we let go, we there's a you, there's a uh, universal intelligence, there's a God, there's a source uh, that wants to work and help us. Uh, but like you said, when we try to control it the whole way through, we block those blessings. We don't even allow those 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 opportunities to manifest themselves because we we are acting as God, and uh, and it's there's this um, and there it's really hard and and. It's something that I'm still working on to this day is, is sort of creating this sense of balance, knowing what I need to do today and what I can do and bring my best effort forth. Uh, mm-hmm. And also what I'm allowing um, the guide to do and, and what what I need and, and understanding uh, what to, to give to him uh, or to the source and mm-hmm. to sort of and sort of um, feel it out and, and to and to go with it and. It's a definitely, the, uh, I keep on bringing this up, but balance, balance yep. is extremely important. And it's like you people have this, uh, there's this idea when we surrender, it's like we, we surrender completely and we don't do anything. We become lazy. It, it, it's not necessarily letting go is not necessarily that letting go right. is, is allowing this, <laughs> this intelligence to, to guide you and to give you a better direction that maybe you would have not taken otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you've done a fantastic job. I think you're getting great guidance and I, I love the work you're doing. I think you did a great job. The name of the book is uh, Seven Sundays, A Faith, Fitness and Food Plan for Lasting Spiritual and Physical Change. The author uh, with us now is on Guys Guys Radio is Alec Penix and he also wrote this with uh, Myat Murphy. So we should give him a shout, shout out because yes. I'm sure he worked hard on it. Yes. Um, one last question for you, and then I want you to tell everybody where they can find more about you and the book. Um, but what's the first, what's a, a nice first step people can take to make their lives better, to kind of get them on that track, to be in a position to take on your program? Uh, well, they, they can buy the book. No, I just uh, <laughs> It's always a good step. <laughs> yeah. Uh, taking the, uh, taking your first step, taking action, uh, getting, uh, you have to get unstuck. You have to make the first move and whatever that is, if that is uh, going and uh, knowing you don't even have to go to the gym, you can just go walk outside and start going for a walk. I mean, little, little, little things in, in, until you can start building off of that. Uh, even um, like as easy as it is to, uh, you know, change something, maybe, maybe pushing away that, that chocolate cake that you may have tonight and say, and, and reward yourself because of that. Say, you know what? I, I have the power within me to, to make this uh, even bigger changes in your life. So 
I, I, I'm so glad that you that you brought this up because I think it's so important for anyone's success when they ever want to make a change in their life is that start small but acknowledge your um, acknowledge your rewards acknowledge your your um, um, overcomings that you know that, that you have just that you've just done so um, I think that just getting unstuck and taking a first step is is so important. Okay. Tell us where everybody can find the, the book and more about you, Alec, and uh, any uh, social media. Yes, you can, uh, you can get the book on Amazon. Uh, you can also uh, go to my website, which is uh, Uh And then also you can get my book at Barnes & Noble. Uh, and then I'm, all, I'm very active on Instagram. So if anyone has any questions uh, about diet or spirituality or whatever, they can find me at um, Alec the trainer. Fantastic. So, Great yeah. job, Alec. I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed the book. I loved our conversation and, um, you're a guy's guy. So thanks for yes. being on guys, guys radio. Thank you for having me. All right. Hang in there, everybody. We're going to be right back. There's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be, yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys Guy Radio, better men, better world. All right, that was a great talk with fitness expert and author Alec Penix. Uh, Seven Sundays is the book again, and uh, it's all about the combination of spiritual, physical um, wellness, as well as the right diet and exercise, making the best out of your life. This is Guys Guys Radio, the place where, where men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins. It all started with my novel, The Guys 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 to Love. You can pick it up on Amazon. It's a rom-com. It's been called The Male Sex in the City. From there, we started robertmanny.com, M-A-N-N-I.com. And there's all 350 blog posts there, everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And then we moved to Guys Guys Radio. We've done over 350 podcasts. We've been on KCAA for a couple of months now. We're on every Wednesday at this time, 8 p.m. Pacific time, 106.5, 102.3, on FM, 10.50 a.m. We're also on TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. And you can uh, rate us. Review us and subscribe on iTunes. You listen to any of those podcasts as well as all the shows on KCAA, on KCAA streaming. So thanks for being with us. More to come. You can catch me also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we'll be back next week, same time, same place. And until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>